This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Country Wine and Spirits is San Diego's premier wine and spirits purveyor. They offer unmatched beverage service with competitive pricing and a tradition of upscale service. They provide fine wines, a variety of liquors, spirits, craft and imported beers, imported cigars, and exotic tobacco accessories. Country Wine and Spirits is now available online, and if you use cwspirits.com slash heybartender, you get 5% off your entire order. That's right, 5% off your entire order. Go to cwspirits.com slash heybartender and find your favorite spirit or wine today and get 5% off just by using cwspirits.com slash heybartender. Hi, my name is Devin Green from Renz and Tustin, and you're listening to Hey Bartender Podcast. Hey Bartender, pass me a drink. Devin Green, thank you so much for being on Hey Bartender Podcast. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Hope you're doing well as well. I'm doing my best. Where are you from? I'm from Yorba Linda, California, Orange County. Orange County, cool. Uh, how was the weather out there nowadays? Well, it's bipolar. Uh, yesterday it was 100, and today it's like cloudy and 65. I don't like this. Yeah. <laughs> the consistency. I make jokes. Uh, I'm originally from Oregon, but I live in Texas right now uh, for work. And uh, Mother Nature's schizophrenic out here. Yes, I've heard that as well. Yeah. And normally it's not like that. It's consistent here, but your swing is a lot larger than ours, I was told. Yeah, 40-degree temperature swing from morning till noon. <laughs> That's crazy. I need consistency in my life. <laughs> So before we get everything started here, why don't we start off with today's drink special? You said you said you had something in store for us. Yeah. So one thing people come in, and I usually have more of a male demographic that likes to come in, and they're usually like, "Oh, it's a drink. What do I want?" So I say, "Well, I have something called a pineapple upside down cake," and they say, "Well, that sounds sweet. I don't like sweet drinks." And I'm like, "Whatever. Just drink it. <laughs> Trust me, you'll like it." And so basically, it consists of cake vodka, pineapple juice grenadine and then whipped cream and I shake it and then I pour either shot or drink and 99% of the time even though they don't like sweet drinks they love it every time oh really so uh pineapple upside down uh pineapple upside down generally it comes with either I think it's vanilla vodka or whipped vodka and they put pineapple juice and they usually shake that and then they put the grenadine at the bottom, so close to the bottom. I just don't like like the sour pineapple taste with the sweet at the end. I like it all mixed and blended. So that's how I've made my drinks and everyone loves it. Like all the girls make it now. It's known as my pineapple upside down cake. Everyone I'll get texts at two in the morning to this day, like, what's in your pineapple upside down cake? And I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I taught everyone how to make this already. It's super simple. <laughs> people mess it up. I've gone everywhere and tried out people make it. And I'm like, it's really not that hard and it's really good. <laughs> Well, that's cool. So if anybody out there tries the pineapple upside down cake uh, that Devin just told us, email me at dude at Hey Bartender Podcast. Tell me what you thought of it. Or at by the end of the show, we'll give you Devin's information. You can let her know that you got the uh, you wrote down the recipe, you understand what's going on, and <laughs> let her know what the customers think. So now let's uh, start at the beginning here. So when did you start out in the service industry? Um, I started when I was 21, actually, my sister-in-law at the time, she doesn't like to do anything alone. So she said, go to bartending school with me. And I was like, no, I wasn't even 21. So I was like, I don't want to go. And she's like, please, I can't do anything by myself. So we went to some bartending school and I think I was like 20 and then I went through it and I, I didn't even drink at the time. So then at 21, I was working at... Coco's at the time, and one of my coworkers said, hey, there's this bar hiring, and you have your bartending license. And I said, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't drink. He's like, just go. So I went in, and I applied. I got the job, and I probably worked for another, like, two or three years before I even started drinking. So mm. I feel really bad for all those people I drink alcohol, too. That's probably horrible drinks. I don't even know. Well, truth being told, like most of my, my listeners in my podcast know, I don't drink. I mean, it's, it's not because I think it's bad for you or, you know, or anything like that. 
I'm bad at it. So I just avoid oh. it altogether. And people are like, you're a bartender that doesn't drink? What the hell? And so, you know, trying to serve something without knowing what it tastes like. Some uh, customers probably got a little bit of a surprise, but it's not that big of a deal. Uh, I mean, I can understand if I drink and then I stop, that'd be different. I'd be like, okay, I at least know like how much Jack, you know, goes with my Jack and Coke, but who knows what I was doing. <laughs> was bartending school worth it for you? For someone that doesn't drink, yes. Um, now that I've been bartending for gosh, 20 years, I feel like now, um, I really don't think it'd be something you need if you drink currently and you're around it. I know a lot of places you can move up from waitressing to bartending. So I kind of have like both. I know my boss wouldn't hire anyone that doesn't have any experience. And I learned the hard way. I try to teach people how to bartend and one girl just couldn't get it. And I understand now why she doesn't hire people that have the experience. Mm-hmm. When you first started bartending though, what was your first experience like then? I mean, somebody gave you a chance to get behind the bar and they threw you, uh, threw you into the fire. What was it like for you then? It was scary for me. Um, it was actually, I wasn't a bikini at the time, but it was a bikini bar. And so I just wore like whatever cute clothes that I wanted to wear. And then we had bar, uh, bikini cocktail waitresses. So, you know, and I think people tried to help people try to be like, I think my first one, I had a friend come in he said, make me a Washington apple. And I was like, what is that? And he said, you don't know what's in a Washington apple and you're a bartender. I'm like, I just started. <laughs> so thankfully he was able to help me and guide me like, you got to put this and that. And so it's just, it was nice that people that come in that were nice enough to help me and kind of guide me because yeah. without them, I probably, and back then I don't think you could really search on phones. Who knows what I would have done. You're right. Yeah. Everybody expects the bartender to know all the drinks and there are a lot of drinks out there. Uh, well, ah, different ways to make them. Yeah. And t- like a thousand different drinks named a thousand different things made a thousand different ways. And, you know, I mean, the uh, slippery nipple has like six different names, you know, and, and um, when, so, so when you're used to hearing everybody ask for the slippery nipple, uh, that just the first one popped in my head, uh, you know, sorry if that offended anybody, but, um, <sighs> but, um, when somebody comes up and asks for a cowboy cocksucker, I'm like, what? And oh. yeah, it's made exactly the same way, but, uh, or copper camel. Is or, the nipple the same as a cowboy cocksucker? Yeah. Yeah. What? Yeah. And copper camel and it's all this, it's all the same drink. Oh, uh, that's weird. But, uh, but when you get the old timers in and they mm-hmm. ask for like, uh, this was a big one for me when well, old timer came in and asked for a Singapore sling. I was like, I have no idea what the hell you're talking about. And my manager just left for the day and they locked my bartender Bible in their office. And I'm, oh. and I was just like, I need that out here. And, but in most cases, when you don't know the drink, uh, if you agree with this, if you ask them how it's made, most of the time they're most more than happy to tell how, how it's made because at that point they know you're going to make it right. Would you agree? Right. I would agree. Sometimes what happens is people go to a different restaurant and like you said, it may be called a cowboy's dysfunction. I don't know, <laughs> but it could be called, it could be called, called something else that, you know, they, that's special to that restaurant. So they'll come in to my bar and ask for it. And I'm like, I never heard of that. So and sometimes they know what's in it. And I'd say half the time they don't. And so I'm like, do you have an idea? Like what's in that? Do you like vodka? What's the base? You know? And then half the time they're like, forget it. And so I'm like, okay, well I can make you, you know what? Then I start to go like, what do you like? Do you like fruity? Do you like this? Do you like that? And from there I can kind of navigate on what to make. But other than that, like I, or if I look stuff up, even when I look things up, it doesn't come up or like you said, there's different recipes and like that. So I just hope it's right. Yeah, I was bad at that. Uh, I had maybe three drinks in my head when I was prepared, you know. Oh, let's see, what do I want? Uh, and yeah. you know, they're taking too long. And I think I've got five people deep, four people wide. And I'm like, what do you like? Uh, uh, too late. You're getting to Long Island. You know, that's right. <laughs> you know, I try to do something like that. But yeah, it was tough for me. Like you said, uh, I couldn't really have a palette to base it on. Uh, yeah. but I guess I'm more of like the customer service type. I'm more like, Hey, you think about it. I'll be back in two minutes. I'm going to help this person. I'll be right back. And yeah. usually that goes over really well for me. I, I was the nervous type 
Yeah, still am. <laughs> oh, well, that's fine. <laughs> so, back to you anyway. So, uh, we, uh, you got started at uh, uh, the first bar. It's your first day. People are asking for drinks, and you're like, okay, what the hell? Uh, yeah. Now, how long until you started uh, feeling pretty comfortable? Gosh, I don't know. I, I want to say I'm a quick learner, so I picked up pretty quickly. Um, and I, I think I, I've always worked like two or three jobs at a time. And so I was probably working at like two or three bars. So definitely I was probably, you know, I was able to quickly pick it up mm. and then, and then it just became where, like when I started a new bar, just where everything was. Mm. Yeah. So, and then what that bar likes or what a lot of people order, you know, the bar that I was at Diva, the one that just, um, closed, I was there for 10 years. So I knew we, we didn't have to think like simple things like simple syrup or stuff like that. There's, so there was a lot of drinks I couldn't make. Like I, I also didn't have like sugar cubes. I couldn't make like an old fashioned. I know it's in them, but I just can't make them. So it was very simple. A lot of like Jack and Coke, vodka, crayon or whatever. Mm. So easy stuff like that. And then, and then you start to like learn a little more and get comfortable with people ordering different shops and, you know, and then you, you start to know what people come in and what they order. I know people buy their, credit card color and the drink they drink. I don't even know them by name. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. Truthfully. Yeah. Yeah. I was bad with names too. It was a lot of stuff like, Hey, you, or what's up man. Or, uh, uh yeah, that was a lot of that's stuff funny. like that. So at the bar that you were working at, did you, was it most, uh, you said it was a bikini bar. Did you have to do a lot of like tropical t- style drinks or something like that? Um, the one, that I just that just closed down or the one before. Uh, the one before. Well, let's we'll start there. Okay. Um. There. No. The only thing they wanted us to do was sell a lot of shots. Like we had like special two dollar shots, and for some reason the owner had something with those shots where she just wanted us to push the shots. And the more shots you sold, the more you know shifts you got. But they were these like little shot two things or whatever and you just try to push those as much as you can and i don't know if i made those or what like i said this is so long ago mm. i don't even remember what went into those but we just were trying to push those as much as we can so you uh sounds like that you've uh mostly bartended and mostly like clubs am i right they're mostly bikini bars actually because i've done really they're mostly dive bar bikini bars mm. so i've done really well there or at any, you know, bikini dive bar. It's just kind of a lot of locals. They treat you really well. Is you don't have any tr- any problems. Most time when there's fights, it's usually people that I don't know that come in. Mm. Now, bikini dive bars, or bikini bars in general, for, let's pretend, we don't really have to pretend, I'm the, that I'm a guy that doesn't get out very often. What are bikini bars like? So, basically, bikini bars, the girl dresses up in a bikini. You're the only one in the bar, and you may or may not have a bar back. And basically, the girl just serves you drinks in a bikini. Mm-hmm. Now, um, for some of the women out there that are, you know, looking for a job and stuff like that. Now, was your first time working in a bikini behind the bar, was that difficult? Did you have any comfort issues? Um, I think it was a little nerve-wracking at first. I want to say my first day because you're a little uncomfortable. I mean, as like through the years, I go back and look at pictures. They notice I wore a little more, and then you know, it's whatever your comfort level is. My boss never pushed us to wear less, and so then you know, the guys come in, they complain like you're wearing too much, and I was like, oh, okay, like wh- what do you want me to wear? And then so guys will literally come in with bikinis and like give them to me, and I'm like, I can't wear that. What this little string? I can't wear that. <laughs> so it's just you know, it's whatever your comfort level is. We've hired a lot of girls to come in with like. There were one pieces with like little shorts, like one piece bikinis or whatever they're called. And then eventually they get more comfortable, you know, and everyone, I mean, guys love everything. I I don't know why girls are so insecure sometimes because some guys like bigger butts or bigger boobs or a little thicker and some like tattoos, some don't. And they kind of pick their favorite and they just go on their shifts. So I just think like, you know, accentuate like what you have. So if you have a nice butt, you know, just wear little shorts and wear a tank top. It's just, you know, use what you have. Mm. So I think that was one benefit that, that we had at our bar and, and the girls just worked with what they had. Well, the way you talk about it, it sounds pretty empowering. Uh, you're, you're like, just be comfortable. I mean, sure, there's a dress code, but do what you're comfortable with. Yeah, and I think that makes women more sexy is, 
the more comfort you are and the more comfortable you are with your body, I think, you know, is, is where the, the confidence and the, where men find attractive is how comfortable you are in your body. Mm. And so, and I think that comes with time. Like I said, I've been there for 10 years. And so that took a lot of, you know, time for me. Like I said, I've gone through pictures throughout the years. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like, what was I thinking? You know, it just takes time until you find out what works well on your body, you know, and what you're most comfortable in and just go from there. Sure. Now learning the drinks from day one, of course you start to get to know your, uh, your customers. you see, their car pull up maybe, and you already got their Bud Light and their shot of Jack Daniels sitting on the table before they even sit down. And right. was there ever any moment where, uh, uh, when was the last moment that something just threw you for a loop, like a hard lesson of how a person wanted their drink or something like that? So the only thing that was confusing for me is when people switched their drinks. That throws me for a loop because that or like we have a sister bar that I worked at. So people would drink different drinks at different places, which made no sense to me. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh, you're going to go to this establishment and drink, you know, uh, makers, but then you go to this establishment and drink a tequila soda. And I was like, okay, so now I have to remember which drink you want, you know, and people, I mean, people that have drank for 10 years one way. And then all of a sudden, well, I'm going to switch to this drink. And so it was just difficult for me to be like, okay, now which, wh- what are you doing now? Or if they quit drinking and they still wanted to come in. So it's like, okay, well now I'm not drinking. I had already, you know, poured them a Bud Light. And they're like, I'm not drinking for a month. Okay, well now who wants a Bud Light? Because now I'm stuck with this extra Bud Light. I got to serve this guy Bud Zero. So uh, does your OCD kind of kick in a little bit? And uh, You're not drinking this anymore? <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not like an OCD, but I'm just like, ugh. Like what a waste of, like my could be like, you know, doing something else instead of pouring all the wrong drinks, <laughs> you know, but then someone else gets a free drink. Like I don't drink Bud Light. I'm like, well, figure it out. Do your customers follow you around where you go? It depends, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they do. We have like a regular clientele. So tell me about where you work right now. You said that the, the previous bar you said just closed. Yeah. So it's the same owner. One is like a dive bar, bikini bar. They lost their lease. They were there for, I was there for 10 years. She owned it for 24 and she was trying to move and everything just kind of fell apart. So she has this sister bar where it's called pineapple or it was, and it went on bar rescue and became run social house. So, and there's kind of like a divey bar too, and they have food and stuff like that. So I thought it'd be a good transition, but I guess it was like too quote unquote nice for a lot of customers. So I had to like turn the lights down to make people feel more comfortable mm-hmm. and, um, so some people are getting used to it. I got some of the girls to come over there. Like my boss just is kind of has this like anxiety personality. So, um, I'm trying to get the girls set up and have us work together. And since we do have a following, I'm trying to get everyone to follow us over there. So it's just been a process the past couple of weeks, especially new that all just happened. Mm. So your boss is still hooking you up, making sure all of you are still employed, moving you over to the new place. Yes, correct. That is very cool. Um, uh, you don't run into bosses like that very often. Oh my gosh, I love that. And I do a lot for her. So she, I mean, me and another girl, we do a lot. Like I do our social marketing for her, our social media. I do everything for her just to keep like the business going because obviously, well, I just finished grad school a little bit ago. So I learned a lot about business and marketing and so forth. And so I was trying to help her with the business side of it and the marketing side. And so, um, and then I started like managing and stuff like that. So I try to earn my keep. <laughs> yeah. Now here's a question. I've never witnessed it myself. I mean, I've been to senior frogs. I've been to Hooters, Twin Peaks, you know, uh, places that have their, a certain dress code for their waitresses. And I've never witnessed this myself, but there are idiots out there that get a little bit out of hand. Does that happen more often than I think? So, and this is, so what happens is, is like I said, there's a lot of regulars that come in and people that I know. And when things get out of hand is when it comes to people that I don't know that come in, just happen to be way too drunk, stumble in somehow. And um, that's why we had a bar back at night. We don't have one in the morning, but this happened when I was actually working at night. Um, Some guy, and my bar back didn't happen to be there at that time. Some guy, I don't know if he was on drugs or what he was on. And he basically was starting fights with everyone in the bar. So I was like, I have to kick you out. 
So I, I was like, you got to go. And like, he tried to take his beer with him. And I was like, no, 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 you can't take that. I tried to grab it. Well, he come around and swung the beer bottle at me and tried wow. to hit me with the beer bottle. And I was like, never mind, just take it. Mm-hmm. So after that, I, um, we happened to have a jujitsu gym, like right next door. And I went over and talked to the owner and I've been doing jujitsu for four years now. Oh, good for you. That's awesome. Yeah. And I haven't had a problem since. <laughs> well, have you had, uh, have you had to put somebody in a lock before, uh, since you started? Uh, no, it's weird because no one has started a fight with me since I've done jujitsu. I mean, I joke around often that I'm a ninja Now people shouldn't want to mess with me and I'm trying to be funny and you know, I haven't had any problems since. So, I mean, I have messed around with other customers that I know they're regulars that try to, you know, talk shit and mess around. So I'm like, all right, let's, let's roll then. So <laughs> me and my bikini are, you know, roll around. I'm trying to choke people out. It's fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I took jujitsu for a little while. I, it wasn't my thing. I prefer Kaja Kimbo, what I, uh, what I was studying before jujitsu, which is a uh, mixed martial arts of, karate uh judo uh a couple different disciplines all in one shot yeah on i just judo too um we do judo and jiu-jitsu but then one day my uh my sifu said you have to join the jiu-jitsu class and i'm not all about rolling around on the ground with people i don't know Uh, i'll you know that's a comfort zone type of thing i mean I mean, there are some circumstances where I'll do that, but that's, it's not that, but, um, uh, it just, it was uncomfortable. And plus I was, uh, you know, I'm 45 years old and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, my body can't handle doing those kind of roles anymore. (laughs) Uh, Uh, but, uh, well, I mean, but most fights you get into are usually uncomfortable and they end up on the ground they end up with people you don't know. mm -hmm. And so, that's why I was like, I have to do this. I have to get outside my comfort zone. I have, cause it was a safety issue for me. Yeah. So it was basically, I felt like it one day it could potentially save my life or keep me out of the hospital. So I was like, I have to do this. Yeah. So it's just been something that I've been doing ever since I've kept up with it. And I feel, you know, more safe right. now that I've, I've started jujitsu. Um, do you encourage any of your coworkers to do the same? Do they go to the class with you? Of course. Yeah. Of course. I always encourage the girls to do it. One girl is supposed to start, um, of course, none of them have really done it. There's a couple other girls that are supposed to do like a cardio kickboxing class, but a lot of the girls work at, you know, a bunch of different bars and doing a bunch of different things. So it's a time constraint for them, but I've made a, you know, time for it in my life because I feel like it's important to me. Right. Right. Uh, I've, I've, I've had a number of guests on my show, uh, that there are, they do, uh, uh, jujitsu and, you know, I see them post pictures all the time and, I, you know, I've done it. I've watched them do it. There have been a couple times where I had gone to class and I said, okay, I saw them do that. Okay, where, why am I staring at the ceiling all of a sudden? Because it worked for them on the video and it didn't work at all for me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Never believe anything uh, you watch on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> but when I was a white belt and the person that I was uh, sparring with was purple, uh, you know, I kind of you know got cocky that one day and... <laughs> Not, oh no! Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh, do yeah. You, do you most? Uh, so you've been at it for four years, so you probably passed wearing the gi, and you're doing a lot of uh, stuff without the gi. I'm, I guess. So, so it's a, a mix. You can either do gi or no gi. Um, I got really comfortable in gi, and so I wanted to get outside my comfort zone. So I started doing no gi, and I signed up for a tournament uh, next month. So I'm gonna do a no gi tournament. I've never done a nogi tournament so i just know i hope i don't get killed but basically i just go to those classes and i'm just trying to do as many of them as i can and the only thing that sucks about nogi is it's just slippery and it's just like disgusting and gross and i'm just like i don't how are you supposed to choke anyone out when you're like this like it literally feels like you've drenched yourself in baby oil and you're trying to fight someone and it's like horrible and i was like what do you do I'm like, well, you just go back to like the basics of wrestling. I was like, I don't know how to wrestle. So I literally just show up and I just get beat up every day. And then I come to work in a bikini and I'm just covered in bruises. Yep. And people are like, what happened? No, I'm, I, I gotta be curious about that. When you're go to work at a bikini bar after sparring all night with, uh, uh, with your class or even doing a tournament is having bruises on you, uh, kind of hurt business a little bit or, 
in, encourage business? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm funny, so I try to roll things into, well, I'm a ninja. I was out ninja all night. You know, someone <laughs> has to save the world. Yeah, and fighting so, crime, yeah. You know, and <laughs> so this is what happens. And so everyone laughs and stuff like that. People just know me, and they know I'm, you know, I'm silly. I make up stuff as I go. Nothing I say is serious. Mm. Well, that's pretty much the way I always did my bar, just because it was fun. You know, it's just... You know, tell them I'm a fight, crime fighter one day, and the next day I tell them that I was working on something like, like uh, theoretical physics or something like that, and or I was trying out for the Beatles because they had a job opening at the time. You know, <laughs> you know, yeah. ch- change the story yeah. every day. That was ju- that was just fun. But <laughs> basically, you're entertaining people yeah. while they're drinking, and so, and I've heard every story in the world too, so I'm sure they wouldn't mind if I'm making up my stories. Well, yeah. Glyph 85H, commonly referred to as a whiskey, it really isn't. It is the world's first molecular spirit. Glyph 85H offers aromas of vanilla, toasted hazelnuts, along subtle notes of caramel and honey. The palate is medium-bodied and complex with a range of wood and spices and a hint of black fruits before a bold, earthy finish. Enjoy Glyph 85H neat and enjoy its carefully selected structure and complexities. You can also try out Glyph's other bottles, the Glyph Royal or the Glyph Spice, all of which are available on cwspirits.com, either one bottle at a time, or you can buy the entire set for a discount price. Just remember, when you go to cwspirits.com, use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5 at checkout and get 5% off your entire order. That's cwspirits.com. Use coupon code HEYBARTENDER5. So what do you, what do you find your client base is like at your place? Um, it's, it's very different. It's, I mean, I want to say it's an older demographic, but that's not necessarily true either. I mean, we have younger people that go in there. I think at, during the day, it's a lot of older people, married men, usually a lot of cash mm. paid taps. Whereas at night I get a younger demographic credit cards or ATMs, um, especially on like Friday, Saturday nights, it's like the younger crowd that comes in. Um, some girls come in, not as many, you know, many girls as guys, but you know, there's been fights with girls and their boyfriends for coming in. And mm. I don't know. I, like I said, I think all bodies are beautiful. So I don't understand why some of the girls get so upset, but trust me, I'm not trying to go home with their boyfriends or husbands. Yeah. I'm sure that comes up quite a bit. You've, even in a regular bar where the atmosphere is just jeans and a t-shirt, my friend Shannon, she was always very amazing at if she sees a couple come in or if she knows the guy really well. And then all of a sudden he starts bringing in uh, his girlfriend. She knows to send, send her all of her attention on the girlfriend, get to know her as quickly as she possibly can, because the girl is automatically jealous of right. her or angry at her or whatever. Uh, is that your, yeah. is that the way you do things too? Yeah. That's my go-to thing. One thing I will do is I will pretend like I don't even know the guy. Like it's my first time seeing them. So if I see them <laughs> regularly and then, and then like, I had guys come in with a different girl within a couple hours, you know? Oh, and so I just have to pretend like it's my first time seeing them every time I see them when they're with a the girl, you know, unless I've seen the girl, them, you know, before, but if it's a different girl, there's one guy that would come in with a different girl every day and she paid for all, every girl paid for their tabs. And there's one day I walked up and I was like, how are you getting these girls to pay all these tabs? And so it was funny. Cause I kind of dropped off the check one day and I like, kind of just like stayed around there and I was like cleaning or something. And then I was, I was seeing how he was doing it. And he's like, Oh, I forgot my wallet. And she's like, oh, it's okay, I got it. And I was like, oh, this is how this guy does this. This guy brings in different girls and forgets his wallet every time. And That's... then has the girl pay for all of his drinks. Okay, for a guy like me, I, that boggles my mind. How do you get away with that for so long? That's what I said. <laughs> I guess because people like us don't say anything. We're just like, we, we hear everything, we see everything. Like, there's been memes I post, like, be nice to me. I will tell your wife about your girlfriend. Yeah, 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 I've seen those memes. Or yeah, the, and so, I mean, the same goes if I see people in public as well. You know, if I see people in public, I won't know you. Right. It's safer that way most of the time. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen I've seen guys do that, and they manage to talk whoever they're with to buy them drinks all the time, and I'm 
sitting there going, how do you do that? And some guys, it lasts for a really long time. And other guys, they a lot of people catch on and rumors start to spread around the small town. And then all they have to move on to the next town because now they don't they can't get free stuff anymore. And I've had more than one guest on my show tell me when they've uh, they know when their customer comes in with a different uh, person. Uh, you know, it could be guy friend, girlfriend, whatever. They know enough to say, "Is this your first time here?" And uh, just because they're yeah. in with somebody different or something like that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've had married men where they've come in and I've only met their girlfriends. I've never met their wives. Yeah. And so it's, it's funny to see their social media with their wives. And it's like, I have no idea who that other person is. I only know their girlfriend, Yeah. you know, and I'll be friends with the girlfriend. And it's just kind of an awkward situation to be in. And I've had people like guys, wives reach out to me, you know, stuff like that. And I'm always like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. Do you find it difficult every once in a while? Or you just find it funny to watch these people do things like that? I kind of just try to not be like that. I try not to be crazy like these girls mm. that I've seen, you know, so I just try to be like, oh, I hope I'm not like that one day. <laughs> um, yeah, the I've, it's been so many times where I'd seen uh, a guy do things like that, but uh, it depends on my mood and how well he tipped me the night before because he'll be, uh, you know, he might tip me only a, a uh, $5 on a $250 tab. And all of a sudden, I oh, I saw you just here yesterday. Who was that girl you were with? That was that your sister. <laughs> Most guys don't put their arm around their sister like that, but I don't know. It's your family. You do you. That's uh. funny. <laughs> like that's a little weird. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the, the one good thing about dive bars is that generally people tip anywhere from thirty to fifty percent. Mm. And I actually did like at one point have like Excel where I had it all figured out and I would know like how much I would wait make that night just based on the sales from the year before and based on, you know, the percentage. But I mean, there are people that tip 5%, but they don't really come in too often. People usually just tip significantly well at dive barbs. But also I think the reason being is because our beers and alcohol are so much cheaper than if you go to like, you know, like Red Robin or Island or something like that, yeah. we have cheaper drinks. So people tip, you know, 30 40, 50%. Now, have you worked in anything but a dive bar or mom and pop owned brick and mortar? Um, as far as a bar, I've only worked at, at like mom and pop shops. As far as like restaurant, when I was younger, before I was 21, I have been in the service industry where I did serve food. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like bartending's my, my niche. So mm-hmm. I've stuck to it. Did you bring any of that experience as a waitress uh, to the bar? I mean, uh, because yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, the proverbial Karen at the table is uh, typically a lot worse than the proverbial Karen at the bar. But uh, right. But uh, going from because uh, I did the same thing. I went from server to bartender, or and well, back and forth. Everybody pretty much got got a chance to be behind the bar most of the time in one of the bars that I worked at. But there was one mm-hmm. time where I uh, was supposed to have a job interview at red Robin. So, uh, I was between jobs at the time. And some of my regular customers from the bar that I had just worked at were like, come work with us. It's a lot of fun. And I walked into red Robin. And the first thing I see them is singing happy birthday to one of the tables. Oh. And I remember Trish comes over to me, goes, Oh great. You're here. And I said, yeah, and I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> no, I, di- I didn't actually leave. She grabbed me by the arm and said, Oh, come on. It's not that bad. I didn't end up getting the job, but, uh, Oh, <laughs> then why even bother with an interview? Well, I had the entrance interview, but I didn't have, uh, and I did the ghosting of, uh, of everybody watch how they do their, do their service and all that stuff. But nothing happened after that. It's just all of a sudden the third interview just never happened. It was weird. Hmm. But like I said, I wasn't wild about singing happy birthday to a customer anyway. So, yeah that's not fun i feel like those are something that you like start out with you know like a stepping stone into the bartending industry but i think it does create for me like the customer's always right like if i make the drink wrong or people don't like it i will always comp their drink make them you know and there's some girls are just like rude about it like i'm charging you for my mistake and i'm charging you for this one it's like no you want the customer to be there you want them to be happy you want them to come back and i will do anything to get them to come back 
and I will take care of that customer any way that I can to make sure that they're happy. So if I do screw something up or let's say they order something and they mess it up, but they didn't like it. I am so sorry. I will make whatever you want. I will, you know, don't worry about it. I'll get you another drink well, just because I want the customer. Isn't there, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, it's okay. Isn't there a fine line that you have to follow that? I mean, if they finish the drink, I mean, all the way down. To, oh, usually that doesn't happen. Yeah. yeah. If they finish the drink, then it's like, honey, you're paying for that. But if it's like, they take a couple sips and there's something off or maybe I don't even know, you know, something's wrong. People complain about a lot of things. No, I just want to make sure they're happy. But, I mean, I, I would never comp them the drink if they finished it. And then I don't like it. Well, <laughs> you seem to like it enough to drink it. Yeah. I mean, uh, cause everybody tries to go for the, uh, to try to get a free drink off the bartender or, I mean, um, you, you sound a little bit more lenient cause there were some people that would spill their drinks in, just being stupid and yeah. I would make them buy a new one. It's just not like, Hey, I'm sorry. I can't just replace it. it and- um, I mean, I guess I see people so often if they were spilling drinks every week, then that'd be a problem. Mm. But because I know everyone and I know like I can gauge and see how often it's happening, you know, some things just happen where people are just leaning over and they happen to knock it over or they're drunk and they knock it over, mm. you know? And at that point in time, then, you know, I'll assess the situation, but usually it's, it's a complete accident. I can kind of tell, you know, I've been doing it for so long. I can, and people, they become more dumb as they drink. So Mm. the stories become more unbelievable. Like the things they do to try to get away with are just, you know, it's just sloppy. I mean, I've seen people do some crazy things where they come in normal, you know, nice button up shirt. And by the time they've had a couple of drinks, like the wheels come off <laughs> and I'm, and you know, all of a sudden they had a wedding ring on and all of a sudden their wedding ring's gone, you uh, know? And I'm like, that's weird. I specifically remember them walking in with a wedding ring, but <laughs> whatever. Yeah. Uh, maybe I would, uh, I think I do remember being a little bit lenient on some people like with their, somebody got a little, uh, uh, put a little bit too much English on their, uh, pool, pool shot and knock over the beer on the table that's next to the pool table, I'd be a little lenient there. But uh, yeah. but when the people, you know, I could see them walking towards the bar and they've got a half beer, spill it, and they go, hey, I just spilled half my beer. Can I get another one? And I'd be like, I'm charging you for it. because <laughs> No, I'm so nice. I mean, the only thing that I've ever done is if they're drunk and they knock over and, like, break the glass, I'm like, you're going to clean it up. So I literally hand them like a broom and a, and a mop and a sweeping pan. I'm like, you got a sweep and mop now. So you're going to work for your drink. <laughs> Cause I have other people to serve and I have time to pick up after you. See, um, in a worst case scenario that, that I went through, uh, I never had a problem with broken glass. I was always quick, you know, uh, cause I had idiot customers who like to play pool in their bare feet. And I, even though I tell them constantly, don't play pool in your bare feet. What? This is a restaurant for crying, crying out loud. But uh, I'd quick, uh, quick to clean up the broken glassware and stuff like that. But I will admit one time uh, I was walking by the bathrooms and I, the door swings open and I see this guy had just f- filled up the sink with vomit. And he, he stops and he sees me as he's swinging open the door. And I just point at him and I say, clean it up because I wasn't yeah. going to do it. And yeah. Uh, he spent the time shoveling it out with, you know, sorry, ladies and gentlemen, this is disgusting, but um, he's shoveling well, I mean, it out. It's rather it. you him do it than you do it. I didn't want to do it. No, <laughs> no, no one wants to do it. But I mean, I, I hope he feels bad and it's going to like, I don't know. We've had girls like lock themselves in the girl's bathroom and like, we can't get them out at two in the morning. And we're trying to like knock on the door. Like, are you awake? And try to get them out of the girl's bathroom. So what's usually happening when they're in there or. I think they'd pass out. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. I'm assuming they're laying next to the toilet, passed out. And, you know, if we knock hard enough, usually they'll, they'll open. But it wasn't until way later I found out we had to key that bathroom the whole time. And I was like, all this time, I was like knocking on the door. Like, <laughs> wake up. We got to go. Otherwise, you're staying in here overnight. So um, uh, after stories like that, you and I, before I hit the record button, you and I were talking about stories that we've become kind of numb to, things that just, okay, yeah, that just happened, whatever. Um, you brought up one where, uh, well, what are some stories that you, because we, uh, all of us bartenders, any bartender in this world, we could write a book. I mean, I've sat in yeah. my friend's garage 
for hours and we're sitting there swapping stories back and forth and we always come up with the same phrase we should write a book about all these stories because these are uh, awesome but eventually get bored with the idea forget about it or make a podcast about it but um uh, but things that uh, uh, in your opinion bartenders have become numb over uh, uh what uh, what what things do you think of it sucks because I feel like I have been desensitized and I should have been journaling this full time because I could have had a book, but one story that does stick out and the only reason why it does is because it happened to be my neighbor that came in and she was dating this guy and they were like drinking a little, having a good time. They walk around at the pool tables. He kind of bends her over and it's like pretending like he's not doing anything, but clearly they're having sex. You know, and she's just, I don't know, she's pretending like she's playing a pool or what she's doing. Well, my bar back at the time is this old pervy man. And he was like, ooh, like excited to watch it. And I think he would have let it go on forever, except we had an off-duty police officer happen to be sitting there uh, and saw what was happening and was like, hey, 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 like, you know, to the bar back, you got to, you got to stop that. And so he goes over and like, hey, you got to go. And so they ended up leaving. But it was funny because after that, my bar back always said, where's your where's your neighbors that have sex on the pool table? I want to see them again. I'm like, well, you picked them out. <laughs> what do you hope they, that they had an upside down pineapple at their doorstep or something like that? Yeah. I, I don't know. I think he just, he hoped they would come back because he wanted to watch, I guess. I don't know. He's just a pervy old man. But the odds of those things happening every night are pretty low. <laughs> Yeah, it doesn't happen often. It just so happened I know the girl, too. So that's why I think I'm desensitized because I'm a little like, whatever. They're having sex on the pool table. Like, meh. But yeah. I guess they probably should be like, don't come into my work and do that. But whatever. Uh, you still talking to this girl? <laughs> yeah, she's not. Well, what's crazy is she's a lawyer. Her and her God. boyfriend both. <laughs> so these aren't just like trash people that are doing, you know, smoking crap on the sidewalk. They're, they're attorneys. mm no. So that's why I said when I've seen it all and I've seen the wheels come off, I've seen from every background, from every industry, I've seen weird stuff happen. Well, based on my experience, attor- uh, attorneys and uh, political people do some of the weirdest things in the bars. <laughs> are the most interesting things, actually. Yeah, I think, I mean, the most people that drink the most, I think is our attorneys and police officers. Mm, mm. So, and the police officers are usually composed. It's the attorneys that are a little angry and they're just trying to get all that, you know, pent up stuff. I agree. Out, I guess. I don't know, but that was whatever. I mean, like I said, I've seen some, some crazy things. I probably can't remember 99% of them, but. Give me one more if you got it. Um, I did have another couple that was there and they happened to meet some guy at the bar and somehow all of them left and, or not somehow, but they left and I could see on my camera, I'm like, what are they doing? So they all three jumped into a car and have some sort of threesome in the car. Cause I decided to walk out of the bar and look and the cars rocking back and forth. And I'm like, all three of them in there. <laughs> all right. And then I come back in and then I just like do whatever I'm doing. And then they all come back in, like nothing happened. Mm. Like, you know, 30 minutes later and just sit down, like they're outside having a cigarette or something. And I'm just like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I remember a long time ago, uh, I mean, drunk people sometimes, uh, you might agree with me that when the mood hits them, they just go for it. And it's, you know, they don't wait to go home. They don't right. do uh, do anything. It's just, we need to find a spot right now. And yeah, there, I remember one time at one of my bars that I worked at, I walked around the corner cause somebody told me that there were two people in the bathroom and all I did was walk around the corner and the two people came out and I knew both of them really well. And I, according to my cook with the most deadpan face that he'd ever seen me have in my life, I just looked at them both and I said, so how was it? And they were both, no, 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 we weren't doing that. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. Just get out, out, or get out of the bathroom. You know, you, you, both of you aren't supposed yeah. to be in the ladies' room. And <laughs> it happened. Yeah, I I let it go. It wasn't uh, that big of a deal. But 
for some reason, after they were out of eyesight and earshot, I had to go into the dry goods room and I couldn't stop laughing for like 10, 15 minutes because just the way yeah. they lost their cool was hilarious to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny because a lot of people don't realize there's cameras. And even when you tell them, it's like when they're drinking, they forget. So I've seen, you know, golf giving guys blowjobs, you know, right outside the door at the back door thinking no one's there. No one's going to go out that way because it's the exit. A lot of people don't come in that way. And the whole bar is watching them on camera. So they come back in, everyone's clapping. Yay, good job. And they're like, what? And I was like, we saw you on camera. And they're so mortified. And I'm just like, how do you people know there's cameras here? There's so much like, <laughs> Yeah, they're just, they're in the moment and they're drinking and they can't wait and they want to do something frisky, but you know, you got to make sure that you're not on camera first. And I've seen so much just on camera. Well, in this day and age, there's cameras everywhere. Uh, right. You can't, you can't escape it really. Uh, right. I mean, uh, that's why TikTok exists basically. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. except TikTok wouldn't, you know, let you put security footage of people having sex on, uh, on the pool table, maybe other websites. I, have, <laughs> I, I put on my Instagram, you know, weird stuff that's happened, like stuff I videoed from the video cameras, like I said, because it's like open where everyone can see the cameras. Mm. And so I just straight like, oh, look, everyone, this person's getting a blowjob. <laughs> uh, yeah. How do you, you know, how do you deal with that sort of thing? Because uh, you stop them right in the middle and then, uh, yeah, that would be awkward. <laughs> Well, we have, I mean, I have other people. It's, it's, I feel like it's fun. You know, it's like me hanging out with a bunch of friends. I'll be like, hey, go over there and go like out and pretend like you need to do something or like go surprise them or like go throw water or ice at them. Like we'll, we'll yeah. mess with people at that point. You know, yeah. like it's just, it's just fun. And then a lot of times, like I said, people will come in. You know, there's one girl that was there with her father and she was there with her father and her boyfriend at the table and they went outside to go grab something from the car. And I think they they went out front and were trying to do something secretively without her dad knowing. Well, everyone saw it on camera. They come walking in, everyone's clapping and they're like, what the heck? And they're like, we saw you on camera. Da, da, da. And she was mortified because her dad was there. Mm. And so it's just, it's just funny. But I mean, I think just them being embarrassed from everybody in the bar, I think is enough for them to not do that again. But who knows? I mean, when you're drinking, nobody cares. Yeah. Sometimes in, inhibitions go out right out the window. That's the point of drinking sometimes. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, um, uh, about what you're doing, uh, what you're also doing on the sides. Uh, you know, you're not just being a bartender. You told me before we started this, that you're also looking in, to animal shelters because I looked at your Instagram and you've got an impressive collections collection of pictures of dogs. You with dogs, you uh, you obviously love dogs. Uh, so yeah, um, I currently have four. Um, I just gathered two chickens as well. Um, I like I said earlier, I in business school they told us that it wasn't financially feasible to give monetarily to organizations. They'd rather, you know, you give your time because that goes further than, than monetary, you know, does. So that's always what I've done. I've given my time. I've walked the dogs. I've fed the dogs. I've washed the dogs. I've done, you know, whatever different rescues. And so, um, also on the side, I was a, this is weird. So I was a bikini bartender and then I was a substitute teacher at a continuation high school. Mm. And so there was kids there that, needed that came from group homes. I didn't feel like they were getting the care that they needed. So eventually my idea, what I want to do is I want to create a group home for kids along with a nonprofit dog shelter. And I'm hoping the kids can help with the dogs and get them adopted out and maybe get that emotional need that they're not getting, you know, when they're raised from people or whatever back, you know, lifestyle that they have that was horrible. I'm just hoping that they'll they'll get that from those dogs, you know? And so I'm, I'm just hoping that's going to be my end goal eventually. Well, that, uh, that's sounds like a really interesting idea. I've never uh, heard of things like something like that before. So that's, that's great. Uh, get the kids to help out, uh, you know, feed, give them responsibilities of feeding the dogs, walking the right. dogs, grooming the dogs, gives them a lot of skills and responsibility. I like that idea. That's actually very yeah. cool. Um, yeah. So, um, are, are you one of those people that uh, if somebody comes up to your restaurant with a dog, you're like, can I pet that dog? Can I... Oh, yeah. I'm like, give me the dog. There was one girl. <laughs> she told me she was like, 
the reason I love her, she thought I brought my dog in and she said I had to wait for a drink for 20 minutes because she's too busy loving and making out with my dog. And she's like, and that's the type of friend that I want. And so I was like, yeah, the dog comes first. And I have, I make like puppuccinos, which is just whipped cream in a cup. And I always give all the dogs that come in like a puppuccino. My boss will be like, why is there so many dogs in the bar? I'm like, they're all service dogs. I don't, I, I don't want to break the law and tell them they can't bring them in. They're emotional support and service dogs. I, I don't, that's what they told me. So I, people know that on my shift that all the dogs come in or what I had one guy that had a cat at the bar one time, you know, I ha, I've had the craziest things. I've had people birds. <laughs> so I mean, there people like their animals. I love animals. I'm never going to tell anyone no. So that was one thing that was just my, my shift, my thing. Have you ever trained animals before or do you work with them that much? Uh, no, not really. I just squeeze them. Yeah, <laughs> Just got to, just got to give them loves and that's pretty much it. Uh, yeah, because my dogs, my dogs, you know, come from animal shelters and rescues and stuff. And so they're really emotionally attached to me. Mm. Uh, uh, my sister, she, uh, I can't own a dog because I'm allergic and, uh, huh. it bums me out from time to time, but, uh, I'll sit there with my sister's dogs and I don't have any problem. She's got a Newfoundland and a white version of, uh, of a Newfoundland. I, uh, I can't remember, but, uh, big dogs, big, hairy dogs. And, uh, they, they don't bother me when I'm around them for some reason, but then I'll go for to a guy, a buddy's house that has a beagle and all of a sudden allergies, just my eyes swell. And yeah. So what I'm going to say, I don't know if this is right. I'm probably really wrong. But um, I think their hair is like the human hair, so they don't have the same dander as like a beagle would. Mm. And so I, I don't know if it's, I don't know what a Newfoundland kind of hair is. I think it's that curly type, right? Like almost no. like a poodle? No. Uh, no? Like a uh, golden retriever times three. No idea. I just know poodles are like hypoallergenic, so you're supposed to not be allergic to them. I think there's certain like little toy dogs that are the same thing. I just can't remember what they are. But maybe that's why, is that the dog doesn't have as much danger, so you're not getting that. Mm. I don't know what I would do if I was allergic to dogs. I'd probably die. I'd probably just like, forget them. I have swollen eyes. I can't breathe. It's fine, as long as my dog's in bed with me. Yeah, um, I can't. I have only gotten used to people with service dogs recently, uh, you know, because I understand you're not supposed to pet them. They're working. Uh, they're doing their thing. And uh, But there was one. I was at the airport a couple uh, last year. And my flight got delayed, and I was going to have to spend the night in Dallas. And uh, I was uh, waiting in line to get a hotel room for the night. And I got tired of standing in line, so I just sat down, you know, cross-legged, middle of the floor. And all of a sudden, this dog comes over and puts its head on my lap. And I, I was like, whoa, do I know you? And it had a service dog vest on. And the owner of the dog didn't seem to mind. He says, he must think you're having troubles right now. And so I just Aww. pet the dog a little bit, but I had to remember to wash my hands a little bit later. It's just Yeah, just don't touch your face. Yeah. Well, a lot of those service dogs at the airport aren't really service dogs. They just want to have a dog fly with them, so they're quote-unquote service dogs. Mm. So half the time when I see, I kind of know, when I go to the airport, those aren't service dogs. So I'm always like, can I pet them? Like, sure. I'm like, yeah, that's not a service dog. Yeah, there was one guy uh, I went golfing with, uh, or I was he was at a golf tournament. I was at the same golfing golf tournament. Yeah, he had a service dog because he suffered from severe PTSD, and mm. the 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 blanket on the dog said, "Do not pet me. I am working." And yeah, uh, but he the guy ended up being pretty funny because he got a free. Uh, he's a veteran, and he got a free set of golf clubs, and just for uh-huh. fun, I thought it would be funny. Uh, they were right-handed clubs, but I said, Hey, you're left-handed. And then, you know, he's looking at the clubs as hard as he can. And I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm joking. And then he, Oh, he thought you were serious. Yeah. And, uh, he looked at his dog and he says, sick him. Of course the dog wasn't paying attention. Uh, (laughs) That happened just as, uh, my roommate and, and me, we play softball Mm. on Friday nights and we'll make jokes. It's because we mess with people like our life is a big joke, but, um, we'll be like, did you turn the bat on? And they'll be like looking, we're like the button, it's on the bottom. And they'll be like looking, and they're like, where is it? And I'm like, hold on. I'll be like, boop, boop, it's on, go ahead. And they're like, 
oh, you're not funny. Or I'll say the same thing, like, oh, you used a left-handed bat. That's a right. And people believe me. I was like, why is, do people believe anything I say? Never. That's hilarious. It's like yeah. some, uh, like in my other job where I tell somebody to get a left-handed crescent wrench or, or a metric uh, socket or a metric uh, uh, pipe wrench or something like that. It's That's funny because it. Yeah, the metric. Well, yeah, because we're imperial, right? Yeah. Standard. Yeah. Yeah. But, um. I'm going to eat in your. Don't listen to me. I'm a girl. <laughs> but, uh, so in the future, you're looking towards, uh, building a shelter or helping out kids, uh, as much as you can. Oh, yeah. Combined. Yeah. And, uh, but are you, are you enjoying your job as you are right now or, uh. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, my job has given me a decent life. Um, I can, I only work like two, three days a week and it's enough to pay my bills and still, you know, do jujitsu, do softball. I started dodgeball for a little bit. You know, I've done all kinds of different sports. I've put myself through, I got my bachelor's, my undergrad, I'm in a doctorate program. So I'm very, very thankful to have bartended because I can do all these things because I'm able to only work two or three days a week. And then those other days I can study or, you know, do jujitsu. Mm. Well, um, that is awesome that you're going into a doctorate program and I wish you uh, a lot of luck with that. Um, Thank you. Uh, Cause that just means you are way smarter than I am or no, at least are able to, you're able to apply yourself better than I can. It means I probably cry a lot more than most people. <laughs> it's a lot of stress that you go through and then uh, that you're able to do. And uh, I'm very impressed by that. Yeah, it's because I have the time. I mean, I, so many people, they work full-time, and this doctorate program, I don't know how they're working full-time, raising families, and doing school. And we have school on the weekends. You know, we're in school eight hours a day, Saturday and Sunday sometimes. So I, I just don't know how people do it. I'm fortunate enough to where I can do it on days that I'm not working. I, I really, unless people are doing it at work, I have no idea how they're doing it. Yeah, uh, that's a problem that I've come up with because my, my job – well, it's supposed to be eight to three, but uh, uh, it's or seven to three, but it it's seven to whenever all the work is done, and yeah. So, uh, yes, the overtime is very cool, but I have zero time for anything else. So, right there, there are some of my uh, buddies that are are able to complete class or get college courses and stuff like that, and I'm just like, how much time do you spend in the office? Because I'm out in the field all day long in. You know, yeah. I start accusing them of not doing their job. You know? Probably not. <laughs> I'm going to go with no. <laughs> and it's, it almost seems unfair, but you know, I just, I know myself, one thing would suffer. I would uh, be too tired to do my schoolwork or I'd stay up too late and be too tired to do my real work. Something would right. suffer, but uh, you know, but if you really love what you do and you really ha uh, have a passion for it, you'll find a way to get it done. And uh, the stuff that you're doing is very high caliber, and congratulations to you. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot. But, I mean, like I said, if, without bartending, I, I probably couldn't do this. Mm. So I'm just thankful that, that the bartending has given me this life and this ability to go to school and to finish school. You know, I got pregnant really young, and I had kids. And so it was really hard, you know, to raise kids and work and go to school. But it's, it's really given me a, a good life. You know, I'm getting older now. It's not something I can do forever. And I've had a lot of people tell me like, it's, it's great that you're actually smart enough to know to go to school, you know, cause you can't, you can't bartend for, I mean, I guess you could, but not in a bikini. You can't. Well, that depends on the, uh, your clientele, but I know. Right. I mean, maybe, <laughs> I mean, when I'm 95 running around in a bikini, if my customers are 130, I'll probably <laughs> like it. <laughs> so, uh, just here's a really odd question that I've never asked a customer before because we're coming up close to the last call uh, or I've never asked my, a guest on my show before. Um, considering what you know now, you said you've been bartending for about 20 years. Um, think back to the day right before you walked up to the bar. If you grab, grab yourself by the shoulder and give yourself a piece of advice uh, for what they're about to experience, you have. would you give them anything or just – Pat them on the back and say, have fun. Um, I probably would say pat them on the back and have fun just because everything I've learned is through experience. And I don't think anyone could have told me any differently. Mm. And so you're talking about like a future self, right? Coming back. Yeah. 
you you now okay, yeah, visiting so, younger you. Yeah. So I think everything I've learned is through experience. I mean, would I want to do things over? I would probably change some things, but I think the person I am now is because of the experience that I've gone through. And I'm very thankful for the experiences I've gone through because I've learned a lot. Now, do you encourage a lot of people to get into the service industry? Uh, especially if they've got things on the side like school or yeah, or passions definitely. that really can't pay the bills. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of people that are in the industry, they usually have other jobs. Like a lot of girls are, you know, hairdressers and bartenders. It's not something I feel like you should, you know, I feel like you should have some sort of career goal or end goal. Cause I've seen single dad or sorry, married dads with three kids trying to raise a family serving cause it's good money and you can, you know, work five days a week and, and have a good income. But, you know, you're tired when you're running around, you know, six, seven hours a day back and forth carrying food or drinks or whatever. It's exhausting physically. So, I mean, I would suggest that I just don't think it's something that should be long-term because like my body's tired. Yeah. The body does get tired after a while. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah. Other I've talked to a number of people, bartenders and uh, servers that were able to move on with their lives, uh, either being a alcohol representative or pursue a passion that they have, uh, whether it's comedy acting, uh, or some, yeah. uh, some grand job that they've always, uh, they've always dreamed about doing, but bartending and serving was able to help pay the bills while they pursued that dream. And, uh, and you had a, you would agree that uh, the service industry is a great way to pay the bills while pursuing a dream instead of getting yeah, a regular there's been nine many girls. Yeah. There's been girls that got out of it. And then I've met, you know, talked to, I've still kept in contact with that are, gosh, I miss it so much. That job was so fun. Now I'm just doing paperwork in an office nine to five. Like it sucks. Mm. And I was like, yeah, you know, like there's, there's good and bad things, you know, like they do miss it, but you know, they, they've gotten to a goal. They can't bartend forever. You can't, you know, cause Sometimes you're there drinking every night and you become a drunk. So, you know, it's good time sometimes to get out of it and it's good to separate yourself. So I, I do think it is something that should be a temporary thing for, you know, to get to your end goal. Mm -hmm. uh, here's a really off the wall question that all of a sudden popped in my head and I can't help but resist at, to ask. You said you were a teacher for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the difference between other than the alcohol uh, uh, factor? What's the difference between teaching kids and alcoholics? I was going to say nothing really. It's the same. I put my my drunks in the corner and put them in timeout for misbehaving. And so it's literally the same. It's a bunch of kids running around and I literally teach them like they're five-year-olds. I've had people where I've had to sit them in a chair in the corner, you know, and I've drawn on their face before. <laughs> That's great. I've I've always wanted to ask a teacher who's been a server that. Uh, so thank you for le uh, letting me mark that off my bucket list. So anyway, we're coming up on last call, Devin. Thank you so much for being on the show. Now, is there anything you would like to promote, plug, or uh, that before we sign off? Tip your bartenders. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, where do you uh, where do you work, and do you have a uh, uh, a shift that you'd like to promote? Have pump people come see well, you? Well, so I got Renz Social House, R-E-N-Z. It's in Preston, California. Um, they were on the Bar Rescue. They were formerly known as Pineapple. Uh, we're still figuring out schedules. Right now I'm Wednesday day and Friday day. So like I said, we're still trying to figure out schedules because the bikini bar closed. I'm trying to get the new bar to let us wear bikinis. I'm trying to work that in with the owner. So everything's kind of changing. I'm trying to help with that. So I'm sure things will change by then. but. Yeah. Um, if somebody were to want to get a hold of you on social media, uh, where would they be able to find you? Um, Miss Devin Green on Instagram, M I S S D E V I N Green, like the color. Cool. So, well, anyway, thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, you were awesome. Uh, of course. And, I mean, uh, I, lo I love getting people to come on the show and uh, getting to talk to them a little bit, and you were awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Well, people, it is last call, last call for alcohol coming up to the bar or you get nothing. Thank you again to Devin Green for being a guest on Hey Bartender Podcast. Remember, guys, if you want to be a part of Hey Bartender Podcast, all you have to do is drop me a message. 
either email me dude at heybartenderpodcast.com or you can message me on any of the social medias, Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok. All of them are at Hey Bartender Podcast. Or you can even leave me a short voice message. Tell me what you think of the show or ask me a question or something like that. Uh, go to anchor.fm, look for Hey Bartender Podcast, and there's a button there you can push that says message. And you can leave me a voice message. I'd love to get some voice messages from some of the people out here. Remember to share, like, and subscribe to Hey Bartender Podcast. Don't forget to visit www.heybartenderpodcast.com where you can pick up your very own Hey Bartender Podcast swag. I got t-shirts, I got challenge coins. Go and check it out. You can also listen to the latest episode there. You probably listen to it on that website right now. You never know. Don't forget to visit Country Wine and Spirits. That's www.cwspirits.com where you can pick out any alcohol that you want. Go for, look for it there. And if you use promo code HEYBARTENDER5, you get 5%, 5% off your entire order. That's cwspirits.com, coupon code HEYBARTENDER5. So until the next episode, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. Please come back for more. Tell your friends about this show. And just remember, Hey Bartender Podcast always wishes you lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness. And remember, don't take any shit from anyone. Good night. What do you mean it's let's go? I just got here.